With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and welcome to episode number 336, another thrilling show where every day is National Chicken Wing Day. Today on the show, I welcome direct from Austin, Texas, Bill Coletti, crisis communications consultant to some major big-time companies, and I want to talk to him about how companies are handling all the curveballs that 2020 has thrown us. And then I'm going to cover the first of the eight sides of self, self-discovery. That's all coming up on today's program. We want to congratulate Authentic, the winner of the 146th Kentucky Derby. Trainer Bob Baffert wins his sixth Derby in his career. That's That ties a record, and there's no doubt that he'll break that record before his career is done. He won in 15, 18, and now in 20. It's kind of weird with no crowd there, but I still had my annual tear in my eye during my old Kentucky home and felt the chills when the trumpeter always plays the call to the post. Stand by. Bill Coletti is waiting in the wings, and we'll get to that convo right after I tell you this. Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck. The Subaru Outback is all new for 2020. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 33 miles per gallon. An available 260 horsepower turbocharged engine, advanced technology and an extra large touchscreen. Welcome to the best Outback ever, the 2020 Subaru Outback. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Are you working twice as hard, but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control, but that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Guest today is Bill Coletti. 
and he's a reputation management, crisis communications, and professional development expert, keynote speaker, Wall Street Journal risk and compliance panelist. He's also the best-selling author of Critical Moments, The New Mindset of Reputation Management. He's got more than 25 years of global experience managing high-stakes crisis, issues management, and media relations challenges for both Fortune 500 companies and winning global political campaigns. He previously co-led the Global Risk Management and Crisis Communications Practice for Hill-Knowlton Strategies. He held senior leadership positions in the firm's Austin, Texas, L.A., and Orlando, Florida offices where, as a member of the senior management team. He's also provided uh, senior counsel in crisis management, corporate communications, and reputation defense to numerous clients such as AT&T, Target Corporation, American Airlines, The Home Depot, Xerox, Nuclear Energy Institute, and Cargill, as well as major universities and global NCOs. Previously, Bill served in the Republic of Bulgaria as a senior advisor to the Prime Minister, Council of Ministers, and Labor Minister. He was also the first executive director of the American Chamber of Commerce in Bulgaria. Bill, your uh, bio speaks for itself. Everyone knows why you're here. I just want to thank you for being here and taking out time to talk with us today. Well, Tony, it's my pleasure to be here. I look forward to a great conversation and talking about uh, crisis reputation as well as being better. Yeah. So this long, successful career that you have um, uh, managed to put together here, how did you um, come to be an advisor in this area? So I started the first half of my career was running political campaigns. And so I was student government president in high school and uh, wanted my, when I was a senior, graduating senior, I wanted the next election to, to be like the grownups did. And so we uh, grew up in Florida. So we used the infamous ballot boxes of 2000 um, <laughs> that became infamous in 2000. This is a little bit before that, obviously. But uh, so that got me involved in politics. I met some people through the elections process, got involved in Republican politics in the, you know, the, the 90s and 2000, and then sort of transitioned those skill sets of political campaigns to corporate consulting and strategy consulting. And as you'll know, if you've been involved in any campaign, you're trying to create a crisis for the other guy or avoid crises yourself. So it was a natural evolution from running campaigns and creating crisis and solving crisis to doing it for corporations and then on an entrepreneurial journey about six years ago to start my own firm. Well, I, you know, I am an advisor and consultant to senior executives, but I, I think I know my boundaries and, uh, you know, getting in election campaigns is probably not something I should do. I'll leave that to experts like you, but COVID-19, how's that affected you and your family this year? Well, we've been really blessed as a family not to have been touched by it, uh, you know, personally. Um, I'm the primary caregiver for my mom and dad. Uh, they're they're 95 and 85, respectively. And so um, they live in a retirement community here just about two miles away from my home. And, they, um, and they've really just been on lockdown. It hasn't been until recently, you know, the end of August, that we've actually been able to visit them. So we kind of went March to August sort of hollering at each other across a balcony, across a parking lot, just to get a chance to see each other. Technology wasn't really an option. And I got married in the middle of this. And so uh, 
that created a, a bunch of challenges from a big grand wedding to a small intimate backyard wedding that my mom and dad couldn't join. So um, COVID has been a, a, a big challenge for a lot of our clients. We've been a great deal of service for them, but uh, personally, it's been more of an impact on my my mom and dad. And um, we've just sort of readjusted as a firm on how we serve people with a lot more Zoom and phone calls and, and far less travel. What about companies that you work with? I'll roll this into one question, but COVID-19, I don't know if you classify that as a corporate crisis impact deal or not, but how is that and how do just generally corporate crisis, how do those impact uh, reputations of companies that you work with? Yeah, so I think we've seen this very interesting sort of perfect storm here this summer with COVID. And so COVID's created a series of challenges for corporations. And so the challenges are, are what lifeguard do you trust? Uh, it's really difficult, when particularly earlier in the summer, really difficult. So typically, if you're at a, at a swimming pool or the beach and there's a threat in the water, a shark or something like that, there's a wife, lifeguard will blow the whistle and it's time to get back in the water. It's really been difficult with an absence of leadership at a federal level or an abundance of um, pushing for states to reopen faster than maybe some businesses might want to or institutions might want to. So it's been a real challenge because of what lifeguard are you going to trust? Coming back has looked very different for a lot of our clients. You know, some of them in the retail, hospitality, business, uh, higher education, financial services all have come back at different, different pacing. Um, office workers coming back last, frontline workers coming back first, transitioning their businesses. So yeah, it definitely has been a crisis. I think what COVID has done from a communication standpoint is made all of us really much more tuned in on internal communications, talking to our, our key stakeholders, our, our, our organization, and really understanding kind of what do we really believe in? What do we really value? Add into that, this issue is related to social social justice, um, the the murder of George Floyd, the implications that all of that has on 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 our society and in this summer of discontent, and then add into that just this political discourse that we find ourselves right in uh, right now. Um, and so companies are really having a hard time finding their footing on what's the right thing to say about what and when. And so all of those create less crises, less sort of these events like an industrial accident, but really critical moments where companies really need to think long and hard about who they stand for, what do, what do they stand for, what stakeholders matter most. And so we've been advising a lot of clients on how to make the right steps and how to do it in the right way. And it's been a real challenge. Do you find that a lot of companies just sort of go dark and um, what I mean is they hunker down and really don't say much about it. And is that a damaging or a strength for them to do that? Yeah, sadly, that 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 had been, um, particularly on some of the social justice issues, uh, issues related to COVID, companies had to say something. They had to explain what they were going to do. So they had to say something there. But these some social justice issues and the issues are related to race. I'd never seen it quite so... Um, aggressive about the expectations of stakeholders demanding companies say something. So a, a tool and die manufacturer in the middle of nowhere, different than Patagonia, BMW, or Disney, all four of them were demanded by society to make a statement on these issues. 
So hunkering down and saying, hey, that's not my issue. I'm not going to weigh into that, which had been a previous approach, didn't work this time, didn't work this summer. And a lot of companies were slow and a lot of companies got critiqued. So no, I don't think hunkering down, particularly on some of these issues, the way we find ourselves in the powder keg of right now, I don't think that's appropriate. I don't think you need to broadcast it. I do think you can narrow cast it to organizations or excuse me, to the stakeholders that matter to you. It's certainly a complex and difficult uh, path to navigate. So I'm glad that people like you are out there helping folks figure out what the right steps are and what are the right phrases and what are the things that they, they should say that are also congruent with what they actually stand for and believe. And Tony, that, that, by the way, that last point that you just made is critical. You can't fake, you can't fake the funk on this. You know, you've got to, you got to stand for something. And I think that is one of the reasons that I think particularly white male leaders have really struggled because it isn't something they've considered. And right. so that's why it, it has been very difficult to find your footing on that. Talking about trade with China is something most, you know, good business people have thought about and may have an opinion on it. But some of these issues, you know, classic business says, you know, we're this, that's not our space, but we're all recognizing this. This is our space. We had a University of Missouri professor here about two weeks ago who had his first online class and he, um, he just briefly made a little funny reference to you know, he had a had a student from China and he he just made a quick little covid remark um that any other time would have been no big deal but he was suspended because uh it 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 was meant to be a funny little aside and it turned out to be very objectionable to uh the yeah. class and so you know, he got suspended for it. So I, I think you, you need somebody like yourself or somebody who does this for a living and knows how to manage it to, you know, help guide you because it's, a, to me, I think it's a lot easier to say the wrong thing and you are miscast versus stick with the right thing. I mean, you have to be authentic, like we said, but I, I think everybody needs a little help and guidance on these things because you can't just shoot from the hip. That's absolutely the case. And I think that that's what we've learned. If, if there've been so many lessons since the middle of March in a communications context, management leadership, one of the lessons that we've learned is that leaders, what leaders say really matter and, and leaders need that, that has to be in their toolkit you know, just managing the bottom line, motivating the team, but what they say and how they say it increasingly becomes important. And we've seen leaders that are good at it. And we've seen leaders that are bad at it. And we've also seen leaders that know their values and, and, and that rules the, say, rules the day, or we've seen leaders that, that really fumble around on those things. So um, reputation plays into an intangible asset for an organization or uh, a soft asset, I guess would be another way to say it. What are some of the things that people should consider when they're thinking about managing that? Because it, it plays directly into brand, which is how someone feels about your organization. How, how should people go about thinking about that? Yeah, terrific question. So a phrase I really like is a couple of different definitions of reputation. So one that I really like is that a company owns its brand, but the public owns its reputation. Hmm. And so while I don't 
shop at BP because that gas station is just not convenient. It's not on my way home. It's not in my neighborhood. And so I'm not a customer of BP, but I have a, an opinion about BP because of their actions in uh, Deepwater Horizon and the Gulf of Mexico. I don't fly United because it's not particularly on the routes that I typically go on. But what they did with, with some customer service incidents related to Dr. Dow in 2016 and 17 and, and other customer service incidents, I have an opinion about the aviation and about the airline industry, but I also have a specific opinion about United. And so you're right. Thinking about brand and thinking about reputation need to be done with two different um, sets of skills. I believe that companies have levers that they can control to impact brand. You can change the pricing, you can change the marketing mix, you can change the temperature in the store, the lighting, the fragrance, any number of things that you can do from a marketing standpoint to change the brand experience. Reputationally, I articulate there are a handful of levers as well that really shape and grow your, your, your reputation over the long term. The thing and the, the reason why, the why that all of this matters is that particularly in a B2B context, but also in a B2C context, is that the difference between different products is shrinking. There's a lot, of, you know, most industries eventually move to a commoditized middle and when they all try to fight for that. And so a strong brand, all things being equal, a strong, excuse me, a strong reputation, all things being equal, will help break those ties. And additionally, if you have an unfortunate event, a crisis, the critical moments that we talked about earlier, having a strong reputation gives you the benefit of the doubt where, where someone would say, well, that's not the company I know, or that's not the experience I've had with Starbucks or whatever the case may be. And so those are two really tangible reasons to your point about goodwill and, and the intangible nature. But you want to be able to break ties in a, in a highly commoditized B2B market context. And I believe a strong reputation does that. And then you want to get the benefit of the doubt when something does go wrong in the way you operate. And those are very different levers that you pull different than what you would pull from a traditional marketing or brand context. So um, I've been talking to my clients a lot in the past 12 months. Uh, I don't know if we had a uh, premonition that this was going to be a tough year or what, but starting last year and through the first eight months of this year, I've talked a lot about mindset with my clients, and uh, I know you do as well. And so I'm curious about your thoughts about mindset and behaviors as far as what, what are the mindsets and behaviors that serve leaders the best when they have difficult situations or crisis come up? Yeah, what a fabulous question. Yeah, we are, we are very intentional in launching a new um, online training program for some of our clients specifically around, around that. You know, I think there's a handful of things, but I think you're really at the root of that around that mindset and, and behavior. I've got a belief that the way you show up in crisis is the way you show up every day. And so that the crucible of crisis doesn't develop your skill set, it reveals it. And so really, we want to train leaders and we want to train communicators really to have a strong sense of self, to have a really good sense of their social awareness of others around us so that they can then communicate the, the needs of the company to the wants of the consumer. And so that's really why it's really, really important. Um, Travis Bradbury and you know, EQ 
talks a lot about this stuff. And so I think having a high EQ in communicators and is, and in leaders is critically important. I think that really, really believe, really starts with an understanding around your own sense of self. I can only give advice based on my experience and pattern recognition. I'm not intended to be an, a guru per se, um, but I give the best advice I can. That just comes by being really comfortable with myself and being really comfortable with the perceptions and the feedback that I get from those around me. So I think mindset and behavior and the way you show up in a crisis are critical components um, in this emerging thing, the things you saw earlier this year, which is very, very prescient, but I think it's particularly more uh, acute in this age where we've got a lot of complex issues that we need to talk about. And you gotta be okay with yourself before you can try to make other people okay with you. Well, you've covered a great deal, um, but are there any further keys for senior leadership that are listening for coming out of a crisis successful? Yeah, one of the simple things that I really, really recommend, and it's, it's very simple, is pull out the newspaper and as at a leadership team, whether you know weekly, quarterly, annually, whatever the case may be, pull out a piece of pull out the newspaper and say, what if that had happened to us? What would we do? How would we respond? Would we know who to call? We think that that mission and values plus chain of command equals speed. And when you find yourself in a crisis situation, the key distinction between good and great is speed. And so a simple tip that we give anybody that we talk to is pull out a paper and say, Hey, newspaper and say, what if this had happened to us? How would we respond? So I think organizations need to think about that. They also need to think about chain of command. Who are the people when there is a bad situation, when there's something that's going on, where we have failed to meet the public's expectations, who are our advisors and who are we going to ask for help? And, and let's really understand that. And let's think about that in advance so we're not scrambling around uh, at the last minute. And then the last thing is to really be conscious of risk. I think you, some of us that look back to 2019, when we were articulating, what do we think the risks are going to be for 2020? Um, I don't think a global pandemic showed up on many of our lists. And so organizations really need to be thoughtful and smart around risk, align communications with operations so that organizations can actually be fast. And that isn't the first time those people are meeting each other. We're visiting with Bill Coletti. He's a reputation management crisis communications and professional development expert. He does a lot of great stuff with the crisis uh, management and, and uh, emergency situations if companies fall into those. We've certainly seen a lot of turbulence in that area this year, and that's what we've been talking about. So, Bill, I'm going to ask you, we've got four different audiences that listen to this program. We have senior management and leadership. We've got people who want to someday be in senior leadership and management. We've got small business owners and people who work in small business. And we, we do, and the fourth is we just we have people who just want to be better, um, people who are into personal and professional development and they want to improve themselves. What can all of these people learn from the large companies you work with about crisis management? You know, I think it's, it's a really terrific question. I think the, the thing that all four of them, all four of them are distinct because the way they will operationalize on it is different, is just be curious and observe responses and, and see if the, the statements and the quotes that you see in media or the statements that you quote that you see on social media, do they resonate with you? 
do they make sense? And so I think that's first and foremost, because you might be in a position to ask, be asked, you know, does this, does this statement work? Does this resonate? Do these actions meet the public's needs? And I think any one of those four groups that you articulated um, can give feedback on that because if a company owns its brand and the public owns its reputation, the similarity between all four of them is that they represent the public and they are the public. So I think being curious about why corporations say the things that they do. I think that idea of what if this had happened to us, I think emerging leaders in particular, your second category, emerging leaders should be asking if this had happened to my company, what would be my steps as a leader? What would I do? I love that exercise. And, and so that, that's, that functioning is really important because I really believe that we don't, we don't train for this well enough. Most management programs and business training programs do a little bit of simulation, but they don't do it sufficiently so that you can really create muscle memory. Because if you believe, as I do, that that crucible of crisis doesn't develop your skill set, it reveals it. You want to make sure that when it gets revealed, you're actually ready. So offer perspective, ask yourself questions, um, and then actually try to figure out how you can, how would you improve the situation? I love it. Well, this has been awesome. And I really appreciate you sharing with us. And I, I want to share with everyone how to find out more about you or maybe contact you in just a second. Um, we have a standard list of closing questions that we ask every guest that comes on the show, and these are kind of rapid fire. So are you ready? You betcha. Ready. All right, Bill. Number one, what's the best memory that comes to mind for you? The moment I asked my wife to marry me on Sandy Island in Kariaku in Grenada. That's wonderful. Who's the number one hero in your life? It'd be my uh, combination of my mom or my dad, my mom professionally, but my dad just in being a compassionate human. What's the top value you subscribe to? Grace. We need more grace. Certainly. Um, the most important person in your life? My wife, Debbie. What's your favorite thing? Possession, you mean? Yeah. Physical possession? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess I, I, I love to ride bikes and I love to sail boats. So it's a boat or a bike. <laughs> Something with a B on it, right? <laughs> and then, right. I, then there's a long list of books behind <laughs> me as well. What's your favorite food? Uh, what's my favorite food? You know, I think pizza. Just a big fan of pizza and then closely followed by ice cream. You know, I've, I've been on a diet this year. I haven't had pizza since May. And I love pizza. Um, <laughs> what's the most beautiful place you've been to? What's the most beautiful place I've been to? You know, it, it is a small cove in Bermuda um, overlooking the Atlantic where it's about 150 feet wide, not, not massive spe spectacle, but just a very intimate, beautiful place. And, and I've just found it as a very thoughtful prayer spot. So anytime in my quiet reflections, that's, that's the place I go for quiet reflection. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Contentment. How do you want to be remembered? Graceful contentment. If you could go back and talk to a young Bill, what would be the advice for him? Learn a second language. <laughs> I like it. What would the language be? 
Oh, isn't that the ultimate question for all of us English speakers? <laughs> we, <laughs> we'll just I learn get, our English language better. <laughs> we can earn, learn English a little bit better. Um, you know, I, I, I live in Texas and grew up in Florida, so uh, you get a couple of votes for Spanish. I've said this on this show many times, but I love the state of Texas. What part yeah. of Texas do you live in? I live in Austin, Texas. Oh, what a great town. Um, what's your favorite sound? You know, it's my daughter's calling me saying, hey, dad. What's the best lesson you've learned? You know, the lesson I've learned is is just two simple questions. What did we do well and what will we do differently? And, and just the lessons that come from those. So there's multiple lessons that come from that. But the lesson was to be intentional about asking what did we do well and what will we do differently? Damn, I love it. So you've shared some wonderful information today, Bill, and I've learned a lot and I know the audience has learned a lot. So I'm sure there's going to be people who want to follow up and find out more about you and learn from you and some things like that. So what's the best way for people to learn more about Bill Coletti? Awesome. Well, our corporate website is kith, K-I-T-H dot C-O. Um, and Tony, for, for folks that are tuning into this podcast and want to download some of this material that we've got, um, you can go to kith.co backslash um, better than before, okay. and you can get a couple of our playbooks and a couple of um, informational things that we've just talked about, the equation and, and different aspects of that or opportunity to get on the phone call. So we just love to have a conversation, talk about this stuff. I love talking about crisis. We're real active on LinkedIn. It's Bill Coletti. Um, in Austin, Texas on LinkedIn, uh, and then pretty active on Twitter uh, with B-C-O-L-E-T-T-I. Bill, listen, I, I really appreciate you being on. I'd like for you to come back sometime. Uh, I'm sure we're always going to have something to talk about in the area of crisis management and reputation management, and uh, you're a, a real expert in this area. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this with us. Well, Tony, thank you very much. I'd, I'd love that opportunity. And I'd love to dig in with you on mindset and behavior and, and, and how that impacts leaders and leadership. So I'd love to talk to you. About oh my that. gosh. I'd love that conversation. Bill Coletti, everybody. I'm Tony Richards. We'll have more on better than before right after this. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck. The Subaru Outback is all new for 2020 with standard symmetrical all wheel drive plus up to 33 miles per gallon. An available 260 horsepower turbocharged engine, advanced technology, and an extra large touchscreen. Welcome to the best Outback ever, the 2020 Subaru Outback. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com.
Welcome back to Better Than Before. A couple episodes ago, we talked about the full eight sides of self. So you can go back in our archives and catch up on that, and you'll get a little overview of each one of them. We did four in one week, and then we did four the next week. But we're going to dig in just a little bit deeper on the first side of self in the model, which is self-discovery. Now, self-discovery is unique because it takes getting out of automatic pilot where you're living unconsciously and going through the motions of life to changing gears and living consciously and being with yourself. It requires paying attention to your feelings and emotions when you do something in order to notice what you do and what you don't like. It takes allowing yourself opportunities in order to figure out what is really, really important to you. Then when you make choices based on what you learn about yourself, your life will become more focused and more effective. You'll find that even when you admire what someone else is doing, you'll know whether or not what they are doing is also something you should be doing. At first, living and learning to live consciously takes intentional effort. It's like driving a stick shift in a car for the first time and having to think about pushing in the clutch, moving the stick into gear, moving your foot off the brake and onto the gas while you let the clutch out. And some of you may not know what I'm even talking about, but if you've ever driven a stick shift for the first time in your life, you know exactly what I mean. In a similar way, we have to consciously think about the things we're so used to ignoring because we're so used to living on autopilot. We're doing stuff we don't even realize we're doing. Now, when you slow down and start noticing this stuff, it can feel a little awkward at first. When you practice, though, your ability to pay attention and to be with yourself becomes smoother and a whole lot easier. Now, as you're going through this process, it's imperative to learn to trust what your heart is telling you. This is getting your heart and your head on the same page. And it can be scary at first because it's going to take you out of your head and into your heart and sometimes beyond logic. And if you're a person who basically is more logic than emotion, that's going to really be a a transition for you. You may find yourself questioning, what if I trust myself and it doesn't work out? But the truth is, as you act on things, you sense your intuition is communicating to you. You start building evidence that your intuition is there to correctly guide you. And that leads to having confidence to take bolder and bolder steps based on what your heart is telling you. Discovering your purpose also takes a lot of ongoing self-discovery work. It's not a one-time thing. In his classic work, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Dr. Covey describes the in-out-in technique. Come from within yourself. Step out of yourself. Examine your motives and actions and thoughts. And then step back inside yourself. Believe me. The reason I make books and CDs, workshops, and MP3s is I want to help you replace the belief systems that tell you you aren't very good, or maybe you aren't good enough to live out the unique purpose you're here on earth to fulfill, and replacing those beliefs with healthy views that open up options for you to live out your dreams. It's starting to become a cliche, but I really do want you to become the best version of yourself. And the deeper you go into self-discovery and begin to understand who you are as a human being, the more likely it will be that yourself will reveal itself to you. 
I really do believe that satisfaction is found being where you're supposed to be. It's found when you're in alignment with your purpose. So if you haven't begun the process of self-discovery or discovering your purpose, you might want to pick up my book, The Big Idea, the first book I wrote, because chapter one is all about that and has a dynamic framework of questions in there that's designed to help you go deep in self-discovery and help you discover your purpose. And if I were you, I'd make that a priority today. Well, that's our show today. Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 and our company is at ClearVisionDEV. Come on over to our Facebook group. It's absolutely free. All you have to do is hit like. It's called Tony Richards Speaker, Author, Coach, and we welcome you to come over and join the other outstanding individuals that are part of that Facebook group today. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and our chief producer, William Foster, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.